My name is Owen Walsh, and this is the Brussels Beer City Podcast. Each week, a fascinating Brussels resident invites me, your host, to their favorite Brussels bar, where, over a drink or two, we talk about the importance of the bar to our guest, their relationship to Brussels, what they love, what they hate, and why they couldn't live anywhere else. Before I introduce today's guest, a quick bit of housekeeping. I'm delighted to say I've written a book, or more specifically, I'm publishing a collection of stories written for Brussels Beer City and Belgian Beer and Food magazine, brought together for the first time under the title, Brussels Beer City, Stories from Brussels Brewing Past. It's a collection that, for the first time in English, charts the rise and fall of Brussels as a brewing capital of Europe and the people and families that were there to see it. More excitingly again, I've teamed up with local brewery Brussels Beer Project for the book launch, brewing a very special beer to mark the occasion. Both book and beer will be launched at the Brussels Beer Project Brewery on October 7th, and I'll be sharing more details on social media regarding registration, tickets, etc. shortly. In the meantime, you can find out more about the book and pre-order your e-book copy at beercity.brussels/book. And with that, let's get on to our guest. Frederick Willem Dam is a Brussels native born and raised in Yetta. Dam is a writer, novelist, and musician. His first collection of short stories was published in 2015 and was awarded the debut prize 2016. His debut novel, Taken's van Leven, followed in 2020 and has since been shortlisted for the Bronze Earl, the annual award for the best Dutch language debut. In the summer lull between COVID restrictions, I joined Frederick at one of his regular central Brussels haunts where we talk the benefits of the anonymous city, the iconography that makes up the archetypal city cafe, and how one became a central character in his debut novel, the Brussels cafe regulars that populate the book, the peculiarities of Brussels and how they protect it from metropolitan homogenization, and building a real-life cafe from his imagination for the launch of the book. Enjoy the episode. Frederick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, first, ge- first question we always ask our guests, where are we? Uh, we're in Les Brasseurs, uh, an, uh, a classic bar on the, I think this is still the, the Anspach. Yep. Uh, I'm not, yeah, probably then, if you, st- <laughs> <laughs> you know better than I do. Uh, and it's a bar where I come very often and where I kind of know uh, the... The bartenders and uh, a place where, or one of the places I, I frequently spend my evenings. Yeah, and so what is it about this place that you, when you, when when I asked you to come on the show, you thought, oh, well, I'm going to go here. Like, what what do you like about it? I, it's, I don't know. I think Brussels is a is a. I love the fact that Brussels is a very anonymous city, and but here I still have a, I have relations uh, with the bartenders in yep. in, in, in a way that uh, I. I they're friends of mine, so and I, I know the owner, and uh, that's for me. That's rare. I go to a lot of bars, and but there's only a couple where I really have the feeling that uh, that that I'll give the owner a hug or or something, and and, and, and that, that, that that's something that uh, either comes rare or you just have to earn or something. Yeah. And, and and is that is that partly to do with the people who work there, or is it also to do with sort of the clientele, the environment, the kind of vibe that the place has. It also ha- it, it's also a very classical bar. Eh? It's ve- or, uh, the 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 look and feel is is, is, is very traditional. Uh, it has a uh, the woodcut uh, 
scenery, the mirrors. Uh, I love the fact I love couches in a bar. Uh, <laughs> that's a necessity <laughs> for me. And uh, and have a very broad beer menu. Yep. So that was basically first, like when, when I was younger, I know uh, Gert, one of the owners from a different bar, and he was just always a super friendly guy. And then they uh, they... The Brasseurs was closing a couple of years ago yep. or was already closed and uh, they decided to, took it, uh, to take it over and then it just became sort of a, a hangout for a lot of people uh, of my generation that were originated in Brussels as well. So yep. And we have the Frontal Studio uh, above Upstairs. the Brasseurs uh, and those are also friends of mine and, mm -hmm. and so this is a... Uh, a typical place uh, where we'll start off or, or, or finish the night. <laughs> um, I mean, you're a good person to have on a show which is basically about Brussels and its cafes because for your debut novel, Taken von at Leven, most yeah. of the action takes place in a cafe, uh, a fictional cafe, but one which you spent three years basically doing research for. What, yeah. did that, what did that entail? Like, what did you have to do to kind of get the idea of what a Brussels cafe is like? Well, the, the, the place, the, well, the city... Where the bar is set is not not specifically no, it's anonymous, Brussels. Yeah. yeah, it's anonymous. So it's and 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 I've always considered it to be located in a more like a, uh, an in between. I don't know how to translate it perfectly in English, but like a a, a, a centrum stad, you would say, yeah. like a centrum town. Uh, yeah, like a like a main. It's like, like an Antwerp or yeah. Ghent or or maybe like what Hasselt is becoming, and like this 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 the city that has that has been spared of some uh, globalizational influences and uh, and has a tendency to to identify only with its own culture and that's yeah. something that that I I never have felt uh, growing up in Brussels I always had the feeling like okay I'm really a minority here also <laughs> as a Flemish person yeah I of was course I'm, I'm like nine percent if there are even 9% uh, Flemish people in Brussels. So I always knew like, okay, I'm living in a town that, that, I, that I consider my own, but it, it, it is as much somebody else's town as, as it is mine. Yep. And uh, I think that's different in, in, in like these centrum cities where people really have the uh, tendency to consider, to have this identity of yeah. this town. And I don't know what a Brussels identity is, for example. <laughs> uh, and... So what did that entail? It just, uh, in the beginning, it was really a lot of just uh, research by accident uh, yeah. that I had a, an assignment. Uh, an assignment sounds so <laughs> scholarly. You got, uh, you got a commission from somebody exactly, to do a bit Exactly, I got a commission writing. to write a story about Antwerp. Yep. And uh, so I uh, decided I would choose a bar that was called Café de Graaf. Mm -hmm. It was a bar in Antwerp that was sort of famous because... Uh, an, uh, like a cult writer from Antwerp yeah. who's called Bergmans had written a short a collection of short stories and one of the short stories and the collection of short stories as well was titled Café de Graaf nog steeds gesloten and so yeah. I just decided to go and sit in that bar for a month and write a story a story I didn't know which one it was going to be mm -hmm. but I pitched it and they said okay yeah we, we want it just go for it yeah. and then uh, very fast uh very soon into the project i realized oh this is going to be way bigger <laughs> than the than a short story yeah than the short like story yeah. they asked for and and then i like three years back or four years back i just knew okay this is going to be my novel because i can see how this 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 small town or this this provincial town like yep. bar uh 
is fading away and is going to die out uh, because uh, because of nor normal tendencies and that's just that's just really what I wanted to write about I wanted to maintain that uh, that, that spirit or, or try yep. to in, uh, write get that on paper exactly exactly yep. so how would you just so it's Cafe de Cao which is the central location in the novel. Yeah. Um, how would you describe that either for people who haven't yet read it or for English uh, listeners who maybe might be waiting for a translation for... What, what kind of bar it is? Yeah. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's the kind of bar where people, uh, when they go on holiday, if they go on holiday, they'll like send a, a postcard to, to the cafe <laughs> and it'll get pinned to the wall or if somebody makes a stupid drawing, it's like... It's it's a cafe uh, like there are fewer and fewer yep. where the where the cafe itself like embodies the the spirit of the owner as yep. well as the guests as well as the frequent we call it stamgast I don't know yeah what call um, it in English uh, regulars I think it'd yeah, probably be the best and and where, where, where people just know okay yeah this uh, uh, visa wants uh, Long Island iced tea and and. It just has to be confirmed. It, he, you don't have to order yep. anymore. Right? The bartender confirms if he wants his regular drink and that kind of vibe, <laughs> and uh, and a place where just yeah, where, where people try to come together in a sort of loneliness. But yep. when they see each other, they feel less alone. It's like a collective loneliness, yep. and, and and that's their hideout, their place of their their place where they seek refuge. Yeah. And, I mean, I've read that some of the characters in the novel um, were inspired by people that you would have come across yeah. drinking out here in Brussels. Yeah, ex yeah. Some, uh, exactly. Some of them came from, from childhood memories uh, <laughs> and others came from people I just met. Uh, like, one, per one character was, uh, like, the, the bar owner, yeah. Henri, is kind of based on... on the bar owner from Chez Henri in mm -hmm. uh, Lacasse, Chez yeah. Henri Stella. And then uh, Eckhart is kind of based on a guy I met in Opti Stella at... Uh, in Jette. Yeah, in Jette, exactly. And uh, yeah, because I live close by and I would go there uh, from time to time. And then I just met him and I was like, oh, I really like this guy. I really, he's so, <laughs> he's so adorable. He's, he's, he's just such a beautiful person and then i just started writing down the the, the two or three because i met him on two different occasions yeah. like the two or three uh the things he said i would just write them down and, and and said okay this could be a scene and and i just i i don't even know his uh, original name anymore <laughs> now he's just Eckhart for me and, yeah uh, but I, I just fell in love with him as a character and i just gave him a bigger and a bigger part in the novel and he's like this 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 beautiful voice of reason type like <laughs> per character yeah 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 um like is there many of those kinds of cafes still left in brussels because the city changes so much all the time yeah. you know is there still space for those kinds of bars and cafes i mean that you've I been visiting i think it's 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 becoming it's definitely becoming more and more difficult at every at every single moment mm. there's a lot of bars in brussels that still exist but that have turned and that have that still have this classical feeling of the bar that used to be in there yeah but have kind of turned into game halls where, where you just see the game slots uh, yep. on the side and, and actually their revenue just comes from the game slots and never nobody's uh, drinking anything there and and and, and they, they you feel kind of desolate and yep. and then there are other bars like like les brasseurs that just 
where you can sense, okay, they need to be maintained because of their his historical value, yep. and then they get freshened up, and then but the the the, the, the soul also gets a little bit uh, the 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 soul. Yeah, the yeah, soul. Yeah, I, I, yeah the soul. <laughs> not here, right here. I think it, it it's 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 perfect. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of things that that yeah, where the classical feeling is the only that is, is that is kind of like the selling. Uh, the, unique selling proposition yep. that becomes this and it becomes like becomes this there's this tourist trap yeah. uh, and so it's very difficult to to find the balance uh, and i think they'll eventually disappear like a place like chez henry in mm -hmm. the lacasse is or, or uh, la peniche also in a certain mm -hmm. way but uh especially chez henry is su such a uh, a crazy place because it's really been owned by the by Henri for 50 years and you can just really tell that that yeah you have the 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 big framed uh a5 or no is it no a3 it's small so bigger, bigger uh, yep. a, a3 portraits of his of, of his german shepherds on the wall <laughs> you have like uh posters of michael jordan from in an era where a basketball player would would make would frequent a cafe after its uh, practices yep and so everybody became a fan of basketball all of a sudden like everybody was <laughs> yeah, yeah became enthusiastic for basketball and so this whole legacy of everything that uh, just evolves and that, that uh, represents the life of these these characters or these these people yeah. that uh that i think is going to disappear it all needs to be like well maintained and contained and and and, and it, it also uh, you need an a kind of entrepreneurship-like uh, mentality these yeah. days to really own a, cafe, a cafe or maybe to do anything. And I think in the old days, it was just like, oh, what, am, well, yeah, what am I going to do? I'm going <laughs> to open a cafe and, and we'll yeah. see. And then all of a sudden it becomes something. Yeah, like, 20 years later, yeah, the, the pressures that the kind of financial and economic pressures that are there maybe yeah. today, yeah. Even, even for a place like this, even for a place wouldn't like have existed yeah, yeah, where cool. somewhere like yeah, yeah. Chez Henri on Rue de Lacan yeah. 30 years ago, which was... That was different. Yeah. yeah, you just had you had a little, you had space and and and, and room and and that's yep. gonna So I mean, as you, as you alluded to, you're born and bred here in Brussels. Yeah. Um, grown up in Yetta, Rangansorn. Yeah, exactly. How, how much like how much has the city changed in the twenty or so years you know since you were a kid? Like, because I'm you know I'm always interested in that because I've moved here in two thousand and nine. And even then, like even in that like well, it's almost eleven years now. That space yeah. of time, the city has changed enormously. I yeah. mean, you must have that feeling too, I guess. I, I, I had that feel. I've, I've, I, ha I have that feeling recently. So it, it weirdly enough, I had, I had the feeling that Brussels stayed the same mm -hmm. for a really long time. Okay. And I really loved the fact that it was that way. The fact that uh, that uh, I would used I, I used to curse at Brussels like, okay, <laughs> why like why 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 isn't it working? Eh, yeah, you well. have these nineteen municipalities, all this this this. This, this this cluster of, of, of different organizations, uh, this bureaucracy, and and everything is almost like uh, yeah, completely stuck. Vastgeroest, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's rusted, uh, rusted, like rusted rust rust or static or yeah, exactly. yeah, jammed, yeah. And uh, and I would always curse at, at, at for this very fact, like Brussels, like why can't why can't we be more like another city? And then mm -hmm. now. Uh, since a year or five, I, I just I, I just saw, oh wow! Every other city 
is just becoming the same city. <laughs> every 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 square, like if you yeah. go to Bruges or if you go to Aalst or if you go, I don't I don't care. But you'll all have this fast food concepts like a, a, mm -hmm. a ramen shop. You'll have a spaghetti shop, uh, uh, the, the pizza uh, place, yeah, yeah, pizza place, and there are all these just like this 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 change of chains yep. of uh, of easy food concepts that just get located everywhere. You you have the same stores at every uh, different square, and I have I had the feeling then. That Brussels uh, had the luck mm -hmm. of being spared of, of that of that okay. tourist uh, development, yeah. like that that mentality of every city that would just be like, okay, we need to become a tourist hub, yep. and we got we got spared of that a long time, and you now you see in every city that it's the worst thing that can happen <laughs> to a city. Like Amsterdam is just incredibly uh, annoying if yeah. you wanna. In the canal zone, you, it, it's unlivable practically yeah. just with the tourists running there. The same uh, with Berlin or with other cities. And uh, I hope that we come to our senses that we got spared of this for, yeah. for, for, for the same reason. And that now you have the feeling that it's evolving in yeah. this direction. And that this, that this is something that I, that they, uh, that I hope they keep in, in the back of their minds. Like, okay, but let's make it more livable, yeah. but for the residents and not for the tourists. Well, that's the challenge, isn't it? Yeah that's, yeah, that's definitely the challenge. And I know, I mean, it's a, it's a recurring trope on the show that, you know, Brussels, in Brussels, things move slowly. Yeah. Much more slowly. Yeah, but that's know. maybe a good and thing. I, I think that, yeah. I, and, uh, I'm, I'm of the same opinion because I often get, I would have gotten frustrated coming from Ireland where, I mean, it's a very different context, but, you know, things happen. But you don't have the same kind of institutional complexity. Things happen so slowly here. Yeah. And now I think I'm absolutely of the same mind yeah. is that it's probably a good thing because yeah. it takes so long for things to happen. That yeah, that's true. Some yeah. of the more sort of rapacious demands of, you know, capitalism don't necessarily take yeah. place here as they might somewhere else no. like in Amsterdam for example and 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 now it now it now it's becoming that way as well and I hope but thing is that it's I hope it's uh, I, because it was taken so slowly or at a, such a slow pace I hope we've learned from what all of the rest uh, yeah. did wrong yeah um so I mean we're here right in the center of the city you're from and more or less based still up in Yeta which is yeah I lived in the center though for a couple of years so. okay and what made you move back then to out to the relative suburbs. I don't. I think I, I was just looking for something a little bit more affordable to mm. live and uh, a little bit more spacious than what I could find in the center. Yeah. And I also like the fact that I am really a bar hopper. Yeah. And uh, so to have this kind of buffer or distance <laughs> between me and the bars is some sometimes useful. That I that I'm not yeah. like okay, I just need to step out of my door. And uh, and I'll be in in, in the Brasseurs or in the Deringman or something, or or I don't have to pass through the Vlaamse Steenweg every day, where I know most of my friends just uh, are, hanging are, out. are having <laughs> beers or hanging out, and so I, and I I, I kind of like this 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 fact that I could basically go like I could go to the store in my pajamas or like to the yeah. I don't do this, but I could. You could. And I mean, I live in the same neighborhood, and it's yeah, yeah. complete. I, I made the same trip. I'm, I we used to live in the center, and then we moved out yeah. to, to Kukelberg, and it's the uh, same. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, Kukelberg is practically where I live. Uh, I live yep. Belgica, Simonis, so oh, yeah. that, uh, yeah. that region. Uh, but I love it there, and it's also it, it, it has a lot of it has a little bit of green, and mm. not a lot because no, Brussels, there's no place where we have a lot of green, uh, <laughs> or practically no place. Yeah, but uh, I love the fact that I'm in between two parks. I'm in between the Tour and Taxi Park and the Elizabeth Park, so I can yep. uh, 
and I love to walk, so that's easy for me, uh, or nece- was a necessity to just yep. be able to. I mean, that's a question I always have for my guests. Based, you know, it's a simple one. Sometimes it's easy to answer. Sometimes it's not. Like, what, what, what keeps you connected to Brussels? What do you still love about the city now? You know, that's. A, I think it's a difficult one for me, uh, and uh, and it's. I, I think it's what I know, and mm-hmm. uh, and I know, f- and I also know what I don't want. I, I lived in Antwerp <laughs> for a, for a small yeah. period of time, and so there's not really a different city. Uh, that attracts me mm-hmm. in a certain way. Also, as a writer, I, I have the feeling that, that a place needs to be uh, inspiring. Yep. And for the time being, Brussels does that for me. What kind of inspiration does it give you then? That's, I mean, if you can answer that. I don't know. I, 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 I just like going to museums and to galleries and, and, uh, and it's central and uh, all my friends are here and I think that's a very inspiring mm. thing. Uh, I, have it, I find it very inspiring to have my friends around me and uh, to be able to have these people who I've known for, for 20 or 15 years and who I really grew up with. To I, I really see them every weekend. So yep. it, I really every weekend we go drinking in a bar that's uh, and and for me as a writer because i'm so m- I'm, I'm alone so much of the time yeah uh, i find that really soothing the the fact that I, I can go to a bar see my friends who have nothing nothing to do with literature and uh, can just <laughs> talk talk bullshit the whole yep. evening and, and and get drunk and and turn off my head, it, uh, and then because I, uh, otherwise I'm, I'm working a lot yeah. of the time just when I'm home. And you're I'm constantly up in your brain exactly. thinking and I'm thinking through. I'm constantly up in my brain thinking, okay, how should I work this out? Uh, uh, what, what, what do I need to, to finish this? Uh, would that be a good idea? Or uh, and so that's, that's something. But I also re- I'm, I'm getting more and more fond of nature uh, yep. in the last few years. So that's something that's something that I miss. Yeah, and that I, I think I'll always return to Brussels, but I think I might need like a, I think I might need a short break from it sometimes, yeah. and just be in nature and just be able to walk. And, and during the lockdown, I was I stayed in the Ardennes for six weeks. Okay, and uh, I would just write. And my novels, my novel was delayed. It was already finished, but it was delayed yep. until the end of June, and that was between March and June. And I just started something new. And I really love this space of nature as well. Like the, I think a lot of people had this uh, during the, <laughs> the lockdown. But the fact that uh, since I've since I'm back, I have the feeling I have to constantly do stuff and mm. and 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 yeah, maintain a sort of presence mm-hmm. uh, and and have obligations to, yeah. to to different people. And uh, in a sense, that's some I, that's kind of an illusion. I think that yep. we kind of tell ourselves and that. Uh, and why I, I would like to be in nature part of the time, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> to get away from it all. Yeah, to, to, to be remembered that that is that the that 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 is an illusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fact. No, um, I mean you talk about lockdown. We're sitting here. It's the beginning of July. We're probably about a month out of sort of the heaviest part of the lockdown. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like the city is going to change or even the small slice of the city that you're most familiar with the bars but also in the neighborhood you know how do you see that changing now over the next now and also in the next couple of months i think it's going to be stay roughly the same i don't know uh i have uh, mouth masks and 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 social distancing (laughs) i think that's kind of 
that's going to be the thing that that'll, yep. that'll just stay and uh, maybe this this distance towards each other as well and it's an an, an unfortunate uh, but uh, necessary evolution and uh, I don't know really what 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 we what what we could change about that uh, yep. except and. Um, I mean, you talked about the launch of the book, so that came out yeah. at the end of last month. Um, one of the projects, or the, the project that you had for the launch, was to recreate the cafe from the novel yeah. in, 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 real, in, you know, in real life. How, how was that? How, uh, was that a fun project to work on? How, how did that work come about? Uh, yeah, that, that kind of evolved organically in, in a way that I, I wanted to do a presentation for the book. And mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, uh, I have this... Usually, I, I also design... The, like, I'm really... I try to... Uh, no, every aspect of what I'm doing needs to be <laughs> thought of. It, yep. it, it can't just be, uh, oh, we'll, we'll do this. And so uh, I needed a book presentation and I thought, okay, it needs to be in a bar because the whole book yep. is set in a bar. I don't have another, another option. Then I was like, okay, if I would do it f- just a Friday or a Saturday in a, in a bar I would pick, then that's just my Friday or my sa- my Saturday that that doesn't that didn't really feel like a celebration mm. uh, and then at a certain moment uh, the 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 thought popped up of of recre or building a bar and then mm-hmm. just being a bar owner of this fictional bar of my cafe in a way uh, I I I I, li- I fell in love with the idea because also if if I built a bar and we built it from scratch yep. out of carton boards in, uh, in in Tropicana near the KVS and I would step out of it then mm-hmm. the bar would actually exist yep. then for for s- uh, a small period of time the bar and that's also <laughs> what happened now so yeah. the bar really existed and uh, so we did recreate or build it afterwards and then we opened up for two weekends and just had some friends come over and, and I sold some books there and it was yep. I, it was it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. It must have been a slightly surreal experience, like creating this thing that has lived I- either in your yeah. mind or, or on paper in in real life. Then yeah, it was. It, but but it was very. It was actually very different or difficult than I had uh, than <laughs> I had Im- imagined because at first we were really going to. Uh, it would have been open for four days and yep. it would have been a normal bar and then at the end we would have given like a, a salon littéraire there would have been a whole night of in, uh, literary yep. or uh, art performances or uh, literary interventions and but then due to corona that was impossible to 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 organize anymore so we uh, postponed the events and and it was a it was weird because then i was i was hesitant if like am I going to still build this bar? Do I really need it because I was working on a new book? And then I yeah. just decided, okay, and also my friends couldn't help out anymore because you had these bubbles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, and I lost, I kind of lost uh, touch with the novel. I was, I was yeah. already working yeah, on something new. Yeah, because you must have finished yeah, it, it so fin- much. It was yeah. finished. It was, it was lying there as it lies here on this table now at my home. And I was like, okay, on to the next one also because <laughs> I'm a really control freak yep. and then this corona hit and then I, I realized I have so little control over stuff the only thing I have control over is actually writing of this next novel so yep. I'll just start writing the next one and uh, then when I came back from uh, the Ardennes I, I, did, I forced myself to build a bar just to get in touch with the novel again yep. just to say okay now build this bar with your own hands and I was all alone and I gave myself one <laughs> week and I said if it looks like something one week I'll show it and I'll yeah. announce it 
And if it doesn't, I'll tear it down. <laughs> tell nobody. <laughs> I'll tell nobody I, I, try, I attempted this and then I'll just be like... A, yeah, uh, it's a story you can tell in 20 years' time when you can laugh about it. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, and then after a week, I had this one or two parts that really worked well. And I was like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to build it. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to show it. And then I really started building like crazy. And then uh, I was so happy that now as well to just look back and at the fact that it was there and that so yep. many people came by, this, came by to see it. And then we had, we had such a blast and... and that I also realized that I should never become a bar owner. I was just yeah, because no, I, I was no. just gonna say you became Henri then for for yeah. a weekend. How yeah, was yeah. that? For two weeks, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was like a legit bar owner or uh, yeah. uh, for two weekends, and I really realized and told all my friends as well. Like if I ever if this idea pops into my mind in on a in a fu- on a future in a future date, uh, please uh, remind me that yeah. I should not become a bar owner because I would probably. Yeah, just die. I think. Yeah, that's have, always have a lot of fun. But, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, I won't. I wouldn't survive. I think. Yeah, that's a story I hear from a lot of my friends who worked in bars as well. At a certain point, either you, you be need a kind of a yeah, you need you to just need a kind of focus and uh, yeah. Um, that's it's been really fascinating to chat, and I'm sure we could chat for for hours more about about Brussels and about about your work. But before we go, we have a sort of a, for every guest, we have a sort of a rapid fire round. All so right. I'm going to ask you binary questions based on Brussels and you just tell me the first answer that comes into your mind. You can think about it, but don't think about it too long. Does that sound okay? Okay, okay. Ready? I'll, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I don't know. <laughs> uh, favorite Brussels neighborhood? Probably m- mine, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, Spiegelplein or Place de Bal? Uh, can I choose Cardinal Mercier? Maybe? You can, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Option number three. Uh, what's your favorite Brussels restaurant right now? Quashish. Uh, okay. Um, Jacques Brel or Zwangerhi? Uh, that's a different... Uh, one's my friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, just pick your friend. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Zwangerhi. <laughs> but, but I also love Jacques Brel. <laughs> uh, Stump or mussels? I'm, I'm vegetarian. But, oh, But well. then... Uh, probably... Um, I don't know. I used to... Like stump more than muscles. I there think. you go. Uh, Union or Anderlecht? Anderlecht. Geuze or IPA? Geuze, definitely. And that's it. Frederick, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. And that's all for today's episode of the Brussels Beer City podcast. Thanks again to my wonderful guest. To all my listeners, and a special shout-out as usual to the excellent illustrators I've worked with on this season of the Brussels Beer City podcast. Julian Kremer, a.k.a. Crump, for the podcast logo, and to Helinda Demarle for this season's wonderful episode artwork. Check them out on Instagram. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do consider leaving a rating and a review. If you want to get in touch, you can email me at owen at beercity.brussels or you can find out more information about me and the podcast at www.beercity.brussels podcast. But until the next time, thanks for listening.